Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive in these challenging times. We will be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. Uh, welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, uh, I have the pleasure of Lee Horton. Welcome, Lee. Oh, morning, Julian. How are you? Yes, I'm very well, Lee. And it's uh, good to to chat to you again. Obviously, it was a few months ago I chatted on your podcast, and uh, it's, a, it's a real privilege and honour to have you on mine. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Um, I just want to tell our audience a little bit about you. Uh, so you are a multi-sector leadership and change team coach. Um, who is a business improvement specialist of over 15 years of experience of developing and coaching uh, at all levels and size of organizations and teams. Um, This has also led you to uh, co-found your company, Get Knowledge, where you develop teams and businesses. And as I already mentioned, you are also a podcast host. So again, welcome, and and I appreciate your time, and I'm really looking forward to this. not, I always not, ask. Sorry, sorry, Julie. Not yeah. just, just, yeah. You're not looking forward to it as much as I am. And and if you'd have asked me to do my own introduction, I can assure you it wouldn't have been as short as that. So I think it's definitely wise you doing the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so thank you for that. Well, I, I will give you the the reins in a moment, which is the we'll see where that will go. The wild <laughs> reins that we will take us on a wonderful journey, a wonderful storyteller, uh, and that's why you're on here as well. And wonderful insights uh, at this time. So. Um, as I always ask my guests at this time, is uh, what do you love about what you do? Uh, so I think, what do I love about what I do? I think is a, is a great question because that's changed. Oh, there's been one constant through everything, and it's people. I love I love people, um, and and over this this last few months, it, that's been my biggest challenge is is how do I still connect and and, and build those relationships with people? But what I love about is is it's about people, and it's about um, that when you see that penny drop moment in 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 somebody and they go, actually I can do this myself, or I've now overcome this situation or challenge. That's what I love, enabling people to to do something that they couldn't before or, or couldn't get past something before. Um, the whole world is 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 stronger with relationships, and I think and I think that's what I love doing. I love meeting new people. I love and. Having the platform of my own business, I can now meet whoever I want to meet as well and the, the avenues that I want to go down rather than just being down a, a single narrow path of maybe who, I, who I've worked for before down a particular paths. But the world is a small place if you make it a small place. And that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, no, no, fantastic. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious of, obviously you didn't wake up one day and go, ah, I love people, or you might have said you love people, and you love that moment where people have that sort of penny drop. What got you to that place of, uh, of doing what you're doing today? So, as you said in the introduction, I've been doing um, change for 15 years, and it wasn't something I wanted to do. It was something that was suggested to me by a by a manager at the point in time. It was one of them um, development conversations where they've uh, we've got we've got a role that you would think you'd be ideal for, um, and I, I had no idea what it was. And and I started like 15, 16 years ago, um, and 
There was something. There was something in that because at the side of that, I um, I also DJ'd and I did parties. So I had like a parallel parallel world I was living in. I was uh, a continuous improvement person by day and party person by night. And and I got to a point where where I was earning just as much money doing both of these things that I had to make a decision whether it would be parties or whether it would be improvement. And 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 I'm still I, I still don't know whether it was the right decision. I, I think I think it was the right decision, but I chose the uh, I chose the, the improvement one because as when I was DJing, you'd play a song and everybody would flock to the dance floor and you'd see people smiling, bouncing up and down and singing along with you. And you could influence joy and happiness in people at that point mm. in time. And then at the end of the night, you'd shake hands and stuff and uh, and they'd all like thank you for, for what you'd done. And then and then that'd be that. And you'd know you'd, you'd, you'd played a tiny part in those people's lives. And then, but when I was doing the improvement stuff, and and somebody had gone, that's been a problem or an issue for months, for years, or we've not been able to get past that. I'm actually have the opportunity to influence people's lives as opposed mm. to a moment of their life. Um, and mm. I think I, I think understanding that now and, and looking back, that's why I've made the right decision. And that's one of the things that I think gives me the, the the sense of fun, the joy and, and and the passion for doing what I do. It's just uh, affecting people's lives in a positive way as opposed to a moment of their life by playing their favourite song and getting us bounce up and down on a dance floor. So it's all about the, I guess, the sustainability of what you do. As in the DJ bit was, I say, that moment where they're feeling excited, they love it. And then now you're doing things where, people go away and can do things for themselves on the long-term perspective, which is it's more rewarding. It's a long-term reward, isn't it, in terms of your impact and of what you're doing? Completely. Completely. Yeah. It's, not, it's so rewarding. It's, it's amazing. Amazing. And if I can, 16 years ago, when I started, I never envisaged being able to have this opportunity now to do so many, uh, we were talking just before we hit, hit record, so many varied and random things mm. that, that probably don't connect, but they will at a point in time. When I look back, I'm, I'm hoping they do. Um, and and to be able to influence so many people in so many different ways. And I think one of my one of my key things is that everybody's different. Everybody is different, and they all go through the change curve and stuff at different paces, different times, and like different things, and have challenges by different things. And mm. some some people are happy to jump out of a plane, and 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 some people are frightened of that. Some people are happy to stand on stage, and some people are frightened of that. And by recognizing that everybody is different, and trying mm. to bring happiness and, and get everybody to to move past certain things in the in the uh, careers and lives and business problems, I think is just. It's so important. So it comes back to what we said about people. Everybody's different, but also you can help everybody move a little bit further forward. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure whether I've actually answered your question, but that's the reason why I, mm. I, I love doing what I do because I have an opportunity that I'm so grateful for to influence different different people. And you, you talked about change there, and I've talked about the change curve, and you know I think this year. Um, you know, it's been a, a roller coaster for everybody. Uh, I mean, nobody's been untouched by the change we're all appreciating. And again, we we, we talked before how you know we talked about that old adage of you know change is constant, change is here to stay. Uh, but yeah. more and ever before, that external force of the pandemic is causing companies, individuals, 
you know, to pivot, to adapt, to change in every which way. And, you know, I've, I've been talking to uh, companies and I suppose there's an element of fatigue that comes with that. And it'd be interesting to understand what conversations you're having and how are you helping organizations where they need to, I guess, keep that motivation going and keep that engagement within a company. Because, you know, as much as we're all up for change, after a while, it becomes a little bit wearing. And even myself, I do a lot of it as myself, but it's just how do you keep that motivation? Um, how, how, what are you saying to companies right now? So I think if we if we'd have done this podcast, I think it'd be quite interesting. So if we'd have done this podcast twelve months ago, would we both have had full heads of her? Probably, probably, possibly not. <laughs> no, no, no. And no, I'm, I'm follically challenged as well. So that's not. So some people have lost the her. Some people really don't like change. Um, and the people that don't like change, that are more than more than us, I find they're wedded to a particular thing. That so um, in doing what we do so we might introduce um a daily meeting or you might introduce some standards or some visual management or some problems or, or some some tools and techniques and people become wedded to to that to that whiteboard in the office so we can't have a morning meeting now because we can't all see the whiteboard and we can't all huddle around the whiteboard and stuff because they're wedded to the actual tool but if we if we actually elevate it up a little bit and, and understand what are the principles behind um that and it's and it's I call it the four. I've got four C's, um, and it's about connecting. So how do you connect around a single purpose? And and so how, where, when do you connect? And then it's converse. So what conversations do you have that drive, or what are the right conversations to have that help move you move you forward? Mm-hmm. And what are the things that you're talking about? Then it's collaborate. So how do you then after you're having those conversations? Do you, how can you then, as a team or as groups of people, collaborate on certain things, problems <clears> or <throat> challenges that you're having, and what are the key things that you need to collaborate on, maybe work tasks, mm. and then how do you celebrate? So if you if you actually overlay those four C's on what you're doing, and and go, that's how that's how I just because so since March we're not no longer allowed to work in an office, or and, and we're, we're going to end up in a place where it's a hybrid place mm. where. Some people are working from home, some people are working from office. So we're going to have to answer these four C's again because it's dead easy now because everybody now has got virtual whiteboards. Um, everybody now has taken the, um, the the rag status from the whiteboard and they put it on a virtual whiteboard. So they're having mm. those conversations and collaborating on those points. But then we're going to get to a point in six months' time where we're having a hybrid world where we're going, actually, how now do we connect about the right the right vision, the right direction, the right time, the right technology that brings us all together. What are the right things we need to be conversing about now? How do we collaborate and how do we celebrate? So I think to answer your question and stay and keep motivated and keep moving forward and keeping going, it's not being wedded to a vehicle, to a tool, to um, to something that you use, but be to understand where you're trying to get to in the principles behind it. Yeah. So you, you always want to, connect with your people with your teams with your peers with your um with the rest of your business so how best can you connect with what's in front of you and how do you do it um, and how do you make sure connecting to a vision and the direction and so i've got a whole host of questions under the, the connect thing and then what are the important conversations to have now so 
that conversations now might be similar or different to what you used to have nine months ago. And then going forward, they're, go they're going to be different again. So how do you keep those fresh? And what are the right conversations to have at the right team in the right forum? How do you collaborate together? So how do you do that? How do you do it in a virtual world? How do you do it in a physical world? Do you do it or do you not do it? Or is it just the, is the only collaboration at, at, the, at the water cooler when you're moaning and whinging about or, or talking about last night's um, I'm a celebrity? whatever and then how do you then celebrate at the end of it so i think a lot of people are all right at the connecting and um, and conversing part but the collaborating one people fall down on and the celebrating one people fall down on so i think that's the that's the big challenge it's not be wedded to a tool it's understand the principle behind where you want to try to get to and then just work with everybody engage everybody in in developing that that's what that's what i would say and i think those four C's are not going to go away, no matter what world we're living. No, no, and I like that because as much as people have changed the virtual world and remote working and flexible working, um, there will come a time where, as you say, a hybrid may come, which is to create another change. And actually not being so wedded to the tools, I quite like that because I feel that where people get comfortable, don't they, in that sense of this is the way we do it. And I've even now talked to people who – you know, we're going back in October in the office and now it's going to be more like April. And I think there's even a sense of intrepidation of going back because <laughs> we've sort of got used to this. Because, um, and it, it goes with that, you know, flow of, you know, change is constant and we need to be uh, nimble and agile as 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 people and as organisations. Um, and, you know, I, I talk a lot about where, you know, that whole slightly different in terms of your your um, approach but it, it's, it's it's rooted in the same way because you're elevating above the the sort of day-to-day -day and the sort of the tactics so to speak and i talk a lot about how you need to ensure we're, we know our purpose mission vision whatever you want to call it and, that, and that's the that's the, the the big guiding light because in principle depending on your, your company it is not really changed um it might the timing of it might have changed and the how and how you go about it may change, but it actually the purpose itself is still exactly the same. Yeah. Um, so going into the you talked about you know celebrating, you talked about connecting and and creating that sort of um, engagement and motivation. Um, it is a challenge virtually, and I think some companies you know I think they are getting tired of bingo on a friday afternoon or drinks at 4 30 <laughs> quizzes um and I'm, I'm, not, and I'm not talking specific tools or things but what other things can we do that i suppose almost going back to elevating above that really that will really generate that sense of excitement about what we're doing you know those people who are sitting at home day in day out with the family but are on their own in terms of the work context um how do we sort of elevate them and keep them motivated how, how would you, what would you say to a leader in terms of their engagement with those their team to try and elevate them and excite them and um you may have to, you may have to bring some props in here uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so i think i think firstly um leadership is all about choices i put i put a post on linkedin actually um and i had a little picture that um, that had a leader sat behind the desk with a workload that they were, they were, they were hid behind. And then um, there was a box there and there's all of the team were disengaged and, and, and stuff. And leadership is about is about choices. So as a leader, it's your choice whether you um, ask your people how they are today or you don't. 
ask your people how you are today. Whether you work on your workload or you understand about somebody else's workload. Um, whether you have a meeting, whether you don't. So it's all about it's all about choices. So I think if you want to engage um, and um, engage and empower your team, then that's a choice. You've got to mm. choose to engage and choose to empower. And I come back to what I said at the start, everybody's different. So some people, they love standing on stage and being celebrated and going, you are the rising star of this organization, you hero. And some people would hate that and they would just like a, a pat on the back and go, bloody good job you've done there. So I think the more as leaders that we can build um, an understanding of our people on a personal level, and I'm not saying mm -hmm. that you need to know when all, when it's um, all of the kids' birthdays and all of, on all of that stuff, but it's about building relationships everything we do is about people mm. relationships connection um so if you want to engage and empower your people it's about building that relationship first because they, they will trust you to do it so to answer your question um it's a choice as leaders to do it mm. it's a choice for leaders to actually if you want to go and engage go and engage if you want to ask how they are ask them how they are if you want to bring some fun ask them what they like to do as fun um as you said so i, I used to i used to dj um, and I and I DJed for um, well a good a good number of years. And what I tried to do try to do then was try to do something different every time. So I had an idea, and in fact, um, you, you've prompted it now. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring it out. So I DJed for eighteen months, dressed as a as a as a monkey. Okay, <laughs> but I didn't just DJ for eighteen months dressed. So what I'm not saying now is that if there's a team leader. Um, sat there going, all right, we need to do something different to liven up our uh, our team, uh, next team huddle. We can we can get a performing monkey. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm, we'll bring Lee on. in. Yeah, it's not a service I, I offer anymore, but it's I was trying to differentiate yeah. the, the pub that I was working in from the pub next door. So um, I DJ dressed as a monkey. I also... I balloon modelled as well at the same time, so I, I made. Yeah, I forgot to tell you that bit. So I can. Actually, oh, I, have, have we got any balloons now, though? No, 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 no. We're, we're building up to that. Invite me on again. I'll bring some balloons. I'll make, I'll make you something. Um, but because it's about what do people like, what do people enjoy doing, and how can you do some things a little bit different? So yes, yeah, so uh, bingo quizzes and stuff was good. Um, but what can we do now? So I've tried, I've tried laughter. I've got a community of change people and and I brought in a laughter yoga guy um, to do a laughter yoga session. Amazing, amazing session. Um, what, what's a laughter yoga? I mean, I know what yoga is. I know what laughter is. How does that work? Yeah, on, it's, it's breathing. It's forced It's forced laughter. But at the end of the half an hour, um, then you, you just natu you naturally laugh because laughing is infectious and it's just everybody can laugh. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely encourage trying laughter yoga, and if you do, then use use Pete Can. Um, so he's been, he's been on my podcast before. I've been on his podcast, and and he is a he calls himself the Laughing Man. Um, he looks a little bit sinister on some of his LinkedIn videos, but honestly, give him a, give him a, 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 go, a go at the laughter yoga stuff because. But it's not for everybody. Sometimes you get a full team there, and you see like two or three people. They're going, I'm not laughing in front of these people. I only work with them. Don't like them. Um, <laughs> So, so, but it's not for everybody. So everybody's different, and it's about finding those things and just, and just trying, trying different things. So, like I said, I've got a community. I've got, I have a coffee convo, a coffee conversation every Tuesday at four o'clock. And I went to Tesco the other week, and I bought a little pack of Would You Rather cards. 
And now on the on the thing, I just asked two or three would you rather questions just to generate a different type of discussion to help mm -hmm. understand different people. So I just I wouldn't be frightened to try something new. Mm -hmm. Embrace everybody's individualness. Um, yeah. I got I got a, an opportunity to speak at Northampton University um, two weeks ago, and it was all on the, it was on public speaking, and we had to we were in front of public speaking students, and we have to offer our tips and, and, and techniques and stuff. And I was really worried because I, I went up fourth, so I was like there was, there was four of us, and I, I went on last, and I had a lot of self doubt in my head, and I was going, oh no, is everybody going to nick all my ideas? Is everybody going to say all of my tips? Um, is so that, that was all the self doubt going on, and every time one finished, I was like, "Oh, thank God for that! Thank God for that!" And then third one, this is the last one, and then and I said at the start of it, um, I said, "So we, I was really worried listening to these because I didn't know if everybody was going to nick all of my ideas and stuff and my thoughts." And what what actually happened was we've all built on different ideas and thoughts of everybody else and stuff. It's all complementary, mm -hmm. so. I would just 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 go with it. Just try different stuff. Mm. Just embrace everybody's individualness. And you might have somebody in the team that that is amazing at something that you might not know. Just ask. Yeah. No. No. And you made a valid point uh, about um, you know making sure that everybody is awareness of that they're all different. Um, we all have different needs. We all have different understandings of what fun might be uh, or what. Uh, excitement might be or, or, what, or what praise they would like yeah. um but also i guess just taking it back to you know that leader that, that leader who's you know not wanting to um mimic what you're doing with you know funky monkey um thinking that that's a lee thing rather than everyone's going out there buying a, a monkey outfit and i know what I'll, I'll bring a bit of fun it's not them and it's making sure that people are still authentic and Correct. and are themselves which is is really important and I, I think often people feel challenged to be different sometimes yeah. and also another great point you made there is about it's a time to try anything you know whether it's a an engagement piece in an organization or it's a a new thing as a business to have a go at something to try and hit a new market anything goes give it a go just try it because you know, you'll learn from it. You'll learn if, if it fails in that context, you'll learn tons and teams will learn tons along. Yeah. So going back to that leader who is now thinking, okay, I'm, I can get everybody excited. I can do all these fun things and, and create empowerment with people to do things for them. How do they maintain their own, I guess, called self-leadership, call it self-motivation? Uh, what advice would you give to a, a leader themselves that mindset and, and the reason i want to talk about this because you've just launched a book nice little segue link there oh, I, see, yeah, I see what you did there because yeah, you yeah. <laughs> um, you've just launched a book about mindsets uh it's a children's book and it's called it's all about jack and his thoughts and um yep. i really love i know i know it's obviously aimed at children but we've talked before that there's some real value for adults and i think It'd be just good for you to share a, a bit more about the book and a bit more how that would help potentially a, a leader right now, whether it's with their kids or themselves. So okay, so I've got loads I want to say on about three things that you've just you've just shared there. So you asked me about leaders and how they can do it, and I think you summed it up perfectly when you said um, it's about authenticity and being themselves. That's what I would say. It's always about just being yourself. You're the you're the best you there is, and. I've got a number of lessons on this. In fact, so this this tattoo here is a reminder of me um, 
not being myself. So I got my this tattoo, and I, when I went to the tattoo artist, I said, uh, "I said, can you start it here? Because I've, I've got a, I've got a job, and uh, I don't want people to know I've got a tattoo. So when I wear a shirt, the um, I can I can hide it here." And, and what I found over time is, is I became more comfortable with who I was and 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 what I do and how I do it, that a level of my confidence in that room was the, the, the level of how much I would pull up my sleeve. So really, I should I should get that tattooed because, I mean, it looks a little bit ridiculous. But it's a reminder to me that actually I used to be really self-conscious mm. about about what other people thought of somebody with, with tattoos. And... Where this where this started from? Uh, have you, in fact, um, slight digression, but I promise I will bring it back and I'll do it quite as quick as I possibly can. So, uh, do, do you have a friend, Julian, that um, that you might have not have seen for like a, a week or a month, but then when you get back together, it's like you've never been apart. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So every every time I ask that question, everybody's got those those friends, and I've got one called Chris. And um, about just over two years ago, I was working on a client site in London. And and I got a phone call to say that I need I needed to to dash home. So I got on a. So I live in the north of um, north of England. You might not be able to tell because I've not got an accent. So I, um, I got on the train and um, I got out at Preston, got in a taxi, and then I, I got to uh, to um, St Catherine's Hospice in in Preston. And when I when I arrived at the hospice, I went I went through the door and Chris was lying there and he was paler and frailer than he was just three days before when I left him. And um, we, we hugged and stuff. And I said I would stay the night with him that night because because uh, it, it deteriorated so much in the, in the last few days. Um, so I sent his sister away, his, uh, his ex his ex missus away, and one of our other mates away. And I said I, I'd do the night shift because I'd, I'd been working away. And at ten to eight in the morning, um, I, I woke up. My breakfast was due at eight o'clock. Tea and toast was being provided. I was lying on the couch. So I said, Chris, I'll be back in back in a minute. I'm just going to go and freshen up in the bathroom. So. I, Went into the bathroom. I had a wash, uh, brushed my teeth, and then I, then I left. I left the bathroom, and then I looked over at Chris, and his chest rose, and and that was it. He'd um, he'd chosen that moment to to take his his, his last breath, um, and that the week after that, I was really really reflecting on a whole host of things, and the things that I reflected on more than anything else was. I had an opportunity to have some amazing conversations that have, that have changed my life in the last two years with, with Chris, because when he was um, told there was nothing else they could do for him, he um, he said we had a conversation, a frank conversation. He said, "What do you want from me? What do you want? What, how much money do you want to set up in business? Uh, you've always wanted to be your own boss, and you've always wanted to have your own consultants." And I said, "No, Chris, I don't want any of your money. I just want you, really." Um, but one thing that has changed that I'd really welcome a conversation about is your perspective on life has changed since you've been terminal you have things and there was a couple of things that had happened that that I recognized that he'd changed like he, he, he was always somebody that if a car like cut you up he would always be the person that would like flick the V's out of the window drive up behind them drive up to the to the to their house and, and stuff like that, park on the drive and he was always <laughs> one of those people scary um, yeah yeah and and he no longer did that when it when he was when he was um when he was in this because he said to me he said he said it doesn't matter does it it doesn't what's it going to gain if I, if I do that so what i said to him i said what i'd really love is is three lessons through your eyes that i that you want me to share with your boys we had a at the time he had a boy who was 14 and 16 now 16 and 18 um and friends and family so i was really reflecting after after losing him and i was thinking back to the conversations that we'd had and the first 
first lesson, he said, so I turned up to the hospital and he went, oh, I've got the first lesson for you, Lee. He says, uh, he said, when him and his ex-partner were, were separated, he tried to be somebody he wasn't. Um, it didn't make him happy, it didn't make her happy, and they still ended up splitting up. And he says, so no matter what, no matter what, just always be yourself. Just always be yourself. And then for the last two years, I've really been trying to understand what um, always being yourself meant. And I think that is mastery, and I'm going to use the word mastery, but mastery of mm. your mind and thoughts driving driving behavior. Mm-hmm. I'm a big I'm a big advocate of that, of, of your thoughts driving your, your beliefs and, and, and then what manifests itself in the outside world as your, as your behavior. And so we'll just touch on the and so that's the reason one of the things I wanted to get across in the book. But we'll go back mm-hmm. to the book. I'll just tell you the other two lessons first. And then a couple of weeks afterwards, I went back to see him. It was in the hospital at the time, and he said, uh, he said, um, he said, you come every time you're not working, uh, you come and see me. And then one of our other mates, every twelve o'clock every single day, as soon as he goes on his lunch hour, rings Chris up and, and checks how he is. He went, he said, so Chris was um, best mate. We grew up on the next door, but three to each other from the age of one. He was best man at a wedding. He was godfather to my daughter uh, and all of that stuff. So we were like really close for 30, 39 years. And and he says, um, he says, you, you come um, when you're not working. Our other mate rings him every, every day. And so he said, when we were growing up, we had different opportunities and different paths that we could have gone down at different times. He said, but we didn't. We, st- we stayed we stayed together, stayed close. Um, he said, so you never know when you need your friends. So he said, no matter what, just make good friends. Um, so I think that has, has shaped me now in, in mm. terms of, I'm not just talking about friends, I'm talking about connections. I'm talking about clients. I'm talking about customers. I'm talking about relationships. Mm. Anybody you speak to is an opportunity to have a better relationship with somebody else, mm. with somebody, a stronger connection. So Chris meant it from, from his best mates and when you needed them the most. But I'm, the last two years, I've been just thinking about these three things so so much. And I, I'm, I try to carry it into everything. So I want to create better connections mm. with everybody I possibly can. Um, so that was the second one. And then we had the opportunity, he bought some, before he was uh, told there was nothing else he could do, he bought some tickets to go watch the Foo Fighters at the Etihad Stadium. And eight of us went, it was amazing. And that, But on the way back from that, his ex-missus and the two boys and Chris were dropping him off at the hospice. And then after they dropped him off, his youngest said, is it too late for, for him and his dad uh, and brother and me and my boy to go to Anfield for a tour because we both supported Liverpool? Um, so I got a phone call that Thursday night to say, is it too late? I was like, bloody hell, um, let's, let's see what we can do. So on the Sunday, we went to, we, I, we arranged a private tour. It was an amazing, amazing day where I mean, we wheeled him around in the chair. We had ice creams before the sun was beating down. We got a discount in the shop. They gave us free drinks. They gave us a private tour. They, Liverpool were absolutely amazing. And I can't, I can't thank them enough for, for what they did. And then on the way back, we were, we're in the car and, um, the three lads were, were sat behind us, Chris's two and, and mine. And um, and he said, how many times have we had the opportunity to do this? I said, uh, I said, well, yeah, loads of times. He said, well, why did we wait till I had to be wheeled around in a wheelchair to, <laughs> to do this? He said, um, he said, so the third lesson is time's limited. Yeah. So with um, uh, always being yourself, uh, making good friends, and time is limited. For the last two years, those have, those have shaped my life completely. So in the last two years, I've started my business. I've started my podcast. I've now grown my connections on LinkedIn and trying to make stronger relationships with anybody and everybody I can. Um, and then always being yourself is just, I've never really truly understood the power of thoughts and then mm-hmm. the thoughts driving, driving behavior. Um, so, 
So probably a really long answer to get round to the book that you actually started the conversation with. So. No, no, it, it's and I thank you for your sharing that personal story because obviously it means a lot to you and that friendship uh, obviously had a profound effect and and what a wise man to share those three lessons at the end. I mean that that is incredible, Reed. Really, I mean I know most people when they get, well, I don't know a lot of people who. who died in that sense but gets the end of their life have a bit more of a reflective on their life and what they could do differently and it's quite amazing that he wanted to share that with you so that you walked away and had a better life and a, and a greater impact and that's that's an, a great testament to him and who he really was um Completely. despite him chasing people down if they cut him up or anything else um probably deep down he obviously learned some lessons and it's interesting because I, I interviewed a lady uh, called Dr. Agio on, on a few days ago. And she, she talked about stoicism, talked about how have a healthy view of about, about death in the sense of almost like almost visualizing yourself out and what, what's your legacy going to be. And, and almost have that, not in a morbid sense, but almost to drive you to do the things rather than waiting to get to that point and then realize I've missed all these opportunities uh, of friendships, of time with my children. And, um, and I always remember when I first became a parent myself, um, somebody gave me a book and had a quote in there about nobody has ever said on their deathbed, I wish I spent more time at the office. And it's always stuck with me that in the sense of, I know we have to work and appreciate all that, but it's the priorities and the value of, you know, you know spending time with, you know, friendships, connections, client, whoever it may be, children, and that's, and I think that's some really good lessons. And, and I think as for leaders, those three things are, I think, quite uh, impactful. And I thank you for sharing them. So No, no, thank you for the opportunity. And so one of my purposes, really, is to make Chris's memory outlive me. That's, that's one of the things that, that drives me is that mm. at 39 years old, he was taken far too soon. And he was the most selfless person that I've ever known in, in my life. And 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 I want to ensure that that his memory um, outlives me. So my fourth children's book was Chris the Ginger Monkey, but I wrote that before before he passed, just because he was my best mate at the time. So I wrote it about a flatulent ginger monkey um, because because <laughs> that because that was him. And what I did, I, I read a eulogy. I, I did a eulogy at his um, at his uh, at his funeral, and what I didn't realize. So I read the last two pages of the book. And when I read those last two pages, it's, it's about um, it's about the monkey just ending his day. And I was like, I, when I wrote this book, I didn't realise I'd be writing it as as we're closing Chris's story. Oh, wow. And that was honestly, it was it was unbelievable. I, everything just just happened and, and panned out the way it did. And and um, and I shared his three lessons then with the people that that were there. And in all of our pro- so uh, get knowledge now, the the products that we sell are, are dripping with those three lessons. Um, and the story, because the trend, I think those three things are so transferable to everything we do. Mm. Um, always being yourself, thoughts, drive behavior, control that, and then you can achieve anything, which is then mm. the, the purpose of the book. Um, making good friends, it's all about people. It's the, the first question that you asked me today was, why do I do what I do? Or fun about it, it's people. And it's, that's that opportunity. And then so many people, they, they want to make things better, but they wait till the start of the month the start of the week, the start of the year, before they do it, why not just bloody start? Now, if, you, if you're actually deadly serious on making yeah. something better, why not? As soon as you finish listening to, to me talk now, just go do something. So I think 
those three things are so transferable in ev- everything, everything we do, everything mm. we do. So yeah. So there you go. I forgot the question. I'm just uh, waffling. Brilliant. No, no, that's that's valuable. And that start thing is so important. I've, often people put a, a Monday or a start of the month, as you say, almost to, to create almost a procrastination, really. And all they say, oh, I'm not quite ready or it's not quite ready. And they wait for perfection and perfection will never arrive. And actually just, just doing it. And likewise, I'm the same this year. I've just done things. I'll create an online course. Well, I'll just do it. It's not the best, great. I can change it and adapt it as we go. Um, I, I thought our oh, podcast, I'll just, and I just got cracked on and did it. So it's it's just doing things. And I, whether you're an individual in your own life or as an organisation, I think we should just 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 get on and and do things. And it's really exciting and and it's and it's more uh, fulfilling because you're going after things that, that gets people excited. And going back to the original stuff about getting people engaged, yeah. people doing new things, new projects, as long as they're aligned to the company mission and purpose, then uh, it, it creates that sort of empowerment and that team collaboration and keeps people motivated and uh, looking forward to something new and, and to be part of that. So I do thank you for being on, Lee, and I thank you for your uh, sharing personally because, I, you know, not everybody does that. And, um, no, no, and- thank you for that. We, we, we've only just started, though, haven't we? This the end of isn't it? <laughs> this is the introduction of yeah. number one of a series of 10 with Lee yeah. Horton. <laughs> so, yes. Um, but yes, I, I do think, but also how can people get hold of you and who would be want to connect with you, want to be your friends and um, everything yeah, else? No, thank you. Thank you. So um, if anybody wants to buy the books, um, so when I started the books, it was just because I read a children's book to my child or to my, to my children. I thought, they're not learning anything and it doesn't rhyme. So I thought I'd give it a go. And then uh, five or six children's books later, I've done it. But um, they're, they're mainly for me to read to my kids. And they're just available on Amazon because that's the easiest way for me to get hold of them. Um, anyway, <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, It's All About Jack is um, is is the book that's all about the mindset. And, and I'm really interested and intrigued to find out whether the message translates to, to a younger audience or not. Um, so that was my idea when, when I did it. So it's about a, a city in the brain. But it's it's running alongside my my boys called Jack, but him learning his um, how to ride a bike without stabilizers on, and the emotional journey, and and the different characters that um, mm-hmm. that this this character meets in the end. So yeah, it's all about Jack. It's available on Amazon, Kindle, and uh, paperback. Um, getknowledge.co.uk is the business website, um, and that's that's the that, that's the, the bread and butter stuff. That's the improving businesses, um, engaging the people, delighting the customers, while improving productivity and reducing cost. Um, but then the podcast is uh, Business Problem Solved. Um, that's available 108 episodes down so far. One of them is including you, Julian, as well, which is an absolute <laughs> pleasure. Um, yes, yeah, so, so oh, LinkedIn as well. I should actually say LinkedIn because that's where I am. That's where I spend the majority of my time. So yeah, just Lee Horton on LinkedIn, you'll, you'll, you'll see me there. So yeah, that's a, just a few of the places that, where I am. Um, but one service I don't offer is Performing Monkey. I have hung up the monkey suit. So uh, that's, that's not what I'm here to promote. Well, that's a shame, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> There's no discos at the moment, I'm sure, so it's, you're okay. Yeah, no, perfect, perfect. No, honestly, well, thanks for the opportunity to, to chat with you today. It's always a pleasure to uh, to see somebody as follically challenged as, uh, as myself. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lee. I appreciate your time. If you like this episode, then please do subscribe, do share with your friends, and do check out other episodes in the series. If you're looking for support and help in your organisation to create a resilient 
culture, then please do get in contact with me on julianrobertsconsulting.com. Thank you.